Today's reading is taken from the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 13, verses 44 to 52. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. He said to them, Therefore, every teacher of the law who has been instructed about the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. This is the word of the Lord. All right, great. Thanks, Jeff, for reading, Tim, for praying. It's great to see you all, maybe especially if it's your first time, and maybe it's your first time at, uh, yeah, streaming at 11.30. It's great you are with us. Uh, let's look at these passages together. Uh, four parables. Uh, yeah. Echo. Anyway. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about, uh, as you've heard, treasure, right? The kingdom of heaven is like treasure. Now, I don't know what is treasure for you? What is this really valuable thing that you want? I mean, maybe for some people, you're waiting for the iPhone 12. Apparently, it's on sale now. I read with the uh, iPhone 11, people kind of, they, they had pre-ordered it, but it, it was in the shop waiting for them. Still, they would queue up, sleep outside the Apple store for 18 hours just to get their hands on a $15,000 phone. And yeah, is that worth it? I don't know what you think. Um, here is a great treasure. Uh, this, apparently, this is the most expensive painting ever sold. Uh, the Savior of the World by Leonardo da Vinci. Do you know how much someone paid for this? 450 million US dollars. Three and a half billion Hong Kong dollars. Uh, is it worth it, right? <laughs> it's, I mean, for, I'm, not, I'm not an art person. For me, it's just a painting. But, you know, this is, is this really so valuable? I guess if you're rich, then you know, if you've got 100 billion, then it's nothing. But uh, how about things like your time? What is it worth it? We know in the Bible, we know maybe in Genesis, here's Jacob, and he wants to marry Rachel, and he needs to work for seven years to be able to, uh, yeah, to marry her. Would you do that? Would you be a slave for seven years to marry the person you love? I mean, that's, is that worth it? Huh? Um, I've seen people, they want to become a partner in a law firm. I mean, that sounds good, but the, portfolio, the thing they need to build up and the clients and all the extra work, when they're already so busy, I just think, is that worth it? You know, is this really the treasure you want? Uh, I start this way because that is the question Jesus is asking, right? Is it worth being a Christian? 
today. Because I don't know what you think about being a Christian. It can be hard. So this is what Jesus told uh, that it's going to be like to be his disciple. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. And that doesn't sound easy, right? Uh, denying yourself, uh, <laughs> saying no to sin, not going your own way. Um, a friend of mine struggles with same-sex attraction. For him to be a faithful disciple means yeah, no romantic relationships for the rest of his life. That's a real cost. Is, is that worth it? Uh, taking up your cross, facing the rejection of the world. Maybe two weeks ago we had this video about these believers in Laos. And here they are. And you know, this guy was kicked out of his village because he became a Christian. And now he's living in a jungle, had to make his own hut, and now he's living there because yeah, he's not welcome back home. Yeah, is that worth it? You know, it's nice to be a Christian. Is it worth it? Or just, uh, yeah, uh, following Jesus, doing what he says, being faithful. Maybe uh, you're in a difficult marriage and you'd want to get out, but Jesus says, well, what God has joined together, let no one separate. That's, that's hard. Is, is it worth it, right? The cost of discipleship. I don't know what it is for you. I guess we're all sinners. We all have, you know, sins that we want to say no to and struggle with. Is it worth being a Christian? Maybe if you're, you're here, you're visiting, you're not a Christian, this may be one of the things that holds you back. You'd love to become a Christian, but actually there's a real cost here, and you're not sure yet. Is, is it worth it? Well, I hope you've heard in the passage, uh, Jesus wants to say, it is worth it. In fact, it's worth everything. Being a Christian, the kingdom of heaven, Jesus, it, it's worth everything. And, well, we see that from those first two little parables, a bit like the mustard seed and the yeast, uh, very similar. It's worth everything. Huh? So verse 44, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value... He went away and sold everything he had and bought it. It's both the same point, right? Here is something of incredible value. This treasure that everyone had forgotten about, but it's just there in this field, buried, and someone finds it. Wow, this great treasure. Or this merchant who, you know, he, he, he sells pearls, and then at some point he finds the most beautiful, biggest pearl that is just so beautiful and just, yeah... He's got it, something of incredible value. And Jesus says, well, that's what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's like this, this incredible, priceless thing. Of course, it's not everyone can see it, right? In both cases, it's kind of hidden. This treasure is hidden in a field. It's not that everyone was digging there. It's just by accident. Uh, the merchant had to look for a long time. Maybe that's kind of the difference between the two parables. You wonder, is it the same thing twice? Maybe it's the way they find it. One of them is an accident, right? He just, maybe he tripped over it in the field. Some of us, you know, we become Christians almost by accident. You know, someone's staying in a hotel room, and they're bored. And, uh, oh, there's a book in the drawer. Let me read it. It's a Gideon's Bible. And, whoa. <laughs> right? Some people become a Christian like that. Uh, for me, I became a Christian by accident, right? I had no desire for Jesus, whatever, but... 
you know, I met this girl and I liked her very much and she said I should read the Bible and become a Christian and yeah, I thought, yeah, sure, I'll read it. I mean, I thought she was the treasure waiting at the end. Or she, 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 she you know, my wife's a great treasure, but I found a much greater treasure, right? I, I found Jesus, but I wasn't looking. <laughs> Other people, they're more like the merchant, right? They, they, were, they are looking and they just don't know where to find it. Maybe someone, they, they feel their life is empty and, and they want meaning and purpose and they, they try to find it in their work and it's empty. They try to find it in charity and it doesn't work. And, you know, they try Buddhism and they try New Age and none of it satisfies. And at some point, well, they try Jesus. And that's the answer they've been looking for their whole life. But in both cases, right, the response is the same. In their joy, they, they sell all they have to get it. It's worth everything, you know, <laughs> everything they have, no matter, just get rid of it. And it's not even reluctant. It's not kind of, oh, it's expensive, but I need it. No, it's with joy, you know. Oh, yeah, sure. Everything is worth less than this pearl, than this treasure. That's what they want. And so I think that's the point, right? It's worth everything. Now, what is selling all you have? I think it's just the cost of being a Christian. Yeah, the gospel is free, but being a disciple, yeah, it's, it's costly. But yeah, being celibate for the rest of your life, it's worth it. You know, uh, living in this hut in the jungle, it's worth it. Maybe we don't have that, but you know, some people, they want to become a Christian and their family is really against it. And that's a real cost to then say, okay, I am going to become a Christian. But Jesus says, well, it's, it's worth it. It's, you know, Jesus is worth everything. Or, or, or just the faithfulness, just the daily trying to love those you, who don't love you back, the daily serving on top of everything else. It's, it's worth it, Jesus said. Now again, I don't know what it is for you. I don't know where you're struggling. I think many of us, you know, we're tired. There's the politics and the virus and your work and your studies maybe. And, and then there's the Christian stuff on top. And sometimes you just want to give it all up. And I just, right? Don't do it. Keep going. It's worth it. It's worth everything. Although you probably wonder, yeah, 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 you keep saying that, but why is it worth everything? Why is Jesus so special? I mean, there's a lot I could talk about, right? There's a lot of great things about the Christian life. You know, just knowing God and, and you know, being able to pray and getting to know Him, of course, that's a wonderful thing. Maybe you can think of the Spirit. Right? The Spirit comes into your life and He starts to change you and make you more the person you're meant to be and just enjoying, you know, being different and, and being able to love people. And the church is great, huh? The community of people who uh, love each other because we all share the same family. It's a great thing. Or, or just the things like meaning and peace and purpose. But actually, Jesus says that's, they're all great things, but that's not it. Jesus points us to something even bigger that really shows it's, it's worth everything. And why? Well, it's worth eternity, Jesus says. The kingdom of heaven, well, it's worth eternity because that's where the next parable is going. I don't know if you noticed that, right? We go straight into the next one, which is kind of the parable of the, the net. Right? Verse 47, once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net 
that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. And when it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore, and then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. Uh, yeah, fishermen, two kinds of, different kinds of fish, and they keep the good ones, and they get rid of the bad ones. And Jesus helpfully tells us what it means. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So, yeah, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about the final judgment. The end of time when angels will come and they will separate. And there will be people thrown into the blazing furnace. It's an image, but it stands for something horrible. And I don't know if you noticed, it's it just exactly the thing that came before, right? If you look back at verse 42 in your Bibles, the end of the parable of the weeds, verse 42, they will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So this treasure and pearl, it's right in the middle of stuff about judgment. And I, I think that's the connection, right? Why is Jesus so precious? Why is it so valuable? Well, because of judgment. Because of, yeah. Oh. And, and, and I know that's not an enjoyable topic, and I don't like to talk about it, but the thing is Jesus does, right? Jesus talks about it more than anyone else in the Bible. He points us to judgment. And, and yeah, we don't like it. We find it so, you know, is this really necessary? I, I hope we do think that justice is necessary, right? We, we believe in justice, especially when there is no justice. We, we have this cry inside. We want to see justice, right? I mean, we have different political viewpoints here in the church. And for some people last week, yeah, you, you saw maybe great injustice and you feel there's no one stopping this, no accountability. And others of you maybe don't see that, uh, they, they think differently, maybe justice has been served. But, but you can see that. Or maybe think of, uh, well, I don't know, if you, between all the U.S. election and the politics here, you read some of the news stories. So in Mozambique, about a week ago, Islamic militants, they came out of the jungle to a few villages, and they, they burned the villages, and they raped the women and children, and then they rounded up those who had fled, and they beheaded 50 people on a soccer field. And then they went back into the jungle. And the government is too powerless, doesn't have the resources to do anything about it. Well, you read that, and this is heartbreaking, and, and, and no one is do, can do anything about it, right? You want justice. Well, that cry will not go unanswered. God will bring justice. Justice is, is good. It's, and it's so wonderful that God will sort it out. He will make everything right. He will punish every sin. The only thing is, yeah, every sin includes all of us. That's why, yeah, we need Jesus, because none of us are going to stand in the judgment. I mean, you can read this, and it says, well, the wicked and the righteous. Oh, there, there's good people and bad people. But that's just, I think, the biblical way of speaking. It's, it, it doesn't fit otherwise with the, uh, the treasure and the pearl. Right? The treasure is something external. It's something I don't have. But when I find it, I really need to get it. Right? This one thing. 
It's not that I'm already a good person and then I meet Jesus uh, <laughs> and, and then I stand before God. Right? We, yeah, we need this. Oh, wonderful. That's a wonderful thing, right? That's why Jesus is so precious because if we respond to him, well, he, he died on the cross and he saved us. Right? He took the punishment we deserved. But that is, I think, what Jesus is saying. Yeah, all these one things are great. You know, the peace and the joy and the spirit and the church. Wonderful things we have now. But, you know, they can be hard to weigh up against, you know, sitting in a jungle in your hut or something like that. There are real costs to being a Christian. But look at the future. Look at eternity. The thing is, we, we don't see that, right? We, we don't, it's not on our minds. We just see the world around us, and we don't know, we don't forget what's going to happen at the end. If we really knew that, then we would change. There was a pastor, and he once was asked, kind of, what would he most like for his congregation? And he said, I'd like each of them to spend 10 minutes in hell, which is kind of... <laughs> But yeah, that would transform them, right? <laughs> if they would suddenly know what, they're, what they've been saved from, of course, they would be so thankful and so zealous to share the gospel, right? <laughs> if they would have that. But that's the thing, right? We, we, we don't know that. Uh, one of my favorite hymns, uh, When This Passing World Is Done, it's very old English, so I'm not going to put it up there, but it talks about the final judgment and then seeing people thrown into the lake of fire but then being spared. And the refrain, then, Lord, shall I fully know, not till then, how much I owe. We don't realize how precious Jesus is, well, until that day. Uh, it's almost something we need to accept on faith. We, we, <laughs> Jesus says it's going to be terrible. We need to believe him, even if we can't say it. So many things, you know, maybe even you think, well, sin can't be that serious. Again, on that day, you will know. What if you stand before God, right, and you see who he really is, and you see him in all his glory, and you can no longer deny him, and he lays out before you all your life and everything you've said and thought and done, I don't think you will then complain. That's what the Bible says. Then every mouth will be shut. But that is what we all deserve, the blazing furnace weeping and gnashing of teeth. But how amazing then, right, that Jesus saved us, that Jesus came and he died and he took that, the judgment, the, the punishment that we deserve on himself, all for free, all out of his love and grace. And he, he gave that to us. And we, we're not just escaping judgment. Think of the positive, right? He invites us to his family, right? The most wonderful, loving family in, there is, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and we are invited to join the family and be with them forever in the new creation. Everything is a million times better than here and all the bad things are gone. That is what, no one, that's a pearl of great price, right? What a treasure. What a priceless eternity. Right? That, that, is, that is it. And yeah, that's, we need to remember that, right? We need, that's why we confess our sins every service. Just remembering, oh yeah, I'm a sinner and I need Jesus and without him I'm hopelessly lost. We need to remember eternity. And then, yeah, all the discipleship, it's nothing in comparison, right? 
60 years of singleness compared to an eternity separated from God. No problem. Right? Staying in a difficult marriage <laughs> or just you know, trying to love people, trying to not sin when you are angry about the politics or whatever. You can do it. Right? Simple mathematics. Anything divided by infinity is zero. And that's why, yeah, Jesus is the pearl of great price. Now it's often when people are faced with life and death, then, yeah, what is it really worth? What, what shall I choose? Well, Jesus is offering us life and death. And I hope we want life. That's the, the great offer for ourselves when we find it hard. If you don't have it, I, I hope, you know, I'm not sure if I fully persuaded you. Maybe you want to talk more, you want to investigate more what Jesus said, but you know, there is an incredible treasure on offer. Please come and talk to me, talk to someone else you know here. Now, it's a wonderful treasure for us, but also, well, it's worth sharing. Right? That is where Jesus finishes. <laughs> Jesus wants to say this great treasure. It's worth sharing. Because there's one final parable, right? Verse 52. Yeah? Every teacher of the law who's become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house. It's a parable. It's another the kingdom of heaven is like thing. Yeah? Verse 53, Jesus finished all the parables. It kind of concludes the section, concludes this whole chapter. And it's, it's a weird verse, and you read the commentaries, and they don't fully understand everything. But I think that there's enough there that we can yeah, apply, that, and it's worth sharing. Now, a teacher of the law who has become a disciple. I don't know what you think when you read that. Maybe you think of, uh, oh, he's talking about people like Nicodemus, right? You know, John's Gospel. Here's a teacher of the law who's become a disciple. Maybe, but I don't think that makes much sense of the context, right? Why is he suddenly talking about Nicodemus here at the end of this chapter? Especially because he seems to be answering the twelve, right? He's talking to them, and he's just said, have you understood all these things? Yeah, verse 51, Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. Okay, he said to them, therefore. Okay, you've got it. Well, therefore. So I think this is talking about them, and I think it's even by extension, talking about all disciples. You might think, well, we're not teachers of the law. But in some way, all disciples, we, we have a, a role in teaching, right? Because he, Jesus has told us to proclaim the gospel. Early on in this chapter, it's about the, the farmer who sows the seed. Who's going to sow the seed? It's us. Uh, Matthew finishes Great Commission. Right? Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them. What is the role we've been given to teach? So if, if you're a Christian, if you're a disciple, you, uh, you, you know, you're supposed to be teaching. But what is that like? He says, well, you know, a teacher who is a disciple is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom treasure, new and old. Treasure. You know, think of this, this big house and this wealthy individual, and he's got a room full of treasure. He's got the paintings and the gold and the silver and all the, all the treasure, and he brings it out. Maybe he brings it out just for, uh, <laughs> to show off, right? 
He's got guests around. Oh, let me show you. I've got this amazing new treasure. <laughs> Maybe it's just because there's a need and you know, I've got all this treasure. Let me bring it out. But he brings out the treasure. Yeah? Um, new and old. I don't know. Is that kind of, you know, Jesus is fulfilling the Old Testament, but it's also, you know, the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. Maybe something like that. I don't think that's the biggest thing here. The biggest thing, I think, is just the connection, right? He brings out treasure, because we've been just talking about treasure. And so th that is what you're doing. You're bringing out treasure. I don't know. How, how do you see sharing the gospel, evangelism? How do you see it? For many of us, maybe it's more a chore, a duty that we won't, don't really enjoy, that we find hard. Well, Jesus says, you're bringing out treasure. You have the, the greatest treasure there is, and you've got it in your storeroom. And, you know, it's, it's not even limited. It's, it's for everyone. You get to share the treasure. I, I think, you know, if you have a real treasure, you, you would talk about it. If you have an iPhone 12, my guess is you want to show all your friends, right? Look at my new iPhone. The guy who bought that painting for... Half a, mil, half a billion US dollars, he would show it, right? <laughs> he would, you know, if, when it's people in his house, I look at, right? If we have something that is so valuable and precious, we, we want to share that. And, you know, nothing is more valuable and precious than the gospel, than Jesus. I, I think that's the point. So the question is, yeah, why do we find it so difficult? Why do we struggle to share the gospel? This great treasure, I mean, all kinds of reasons. I think for some of us, just we don't know well how to explain it and we're afraid we make mistakes. Maybe you're just afraid what people think of you. You think people aren't interested. That's yeah, probably all of those things are true. Although I think the biggest reason from this passage is it, is it treasure enough for us? Are we excited enough about Jesus because that's the thing right this is this is incredible joy but you know someone becomes a Christian they're very joyful but then they kind of just yeah yeah I know about Jesus and actually there's my work and studies and you know the political stuff that's happening and there's the virus and it just everything gets in the way we, we just don't think about it enough we don't spend enough time remembering what a treasure what a joy it is to have Jesus so I think that, that that's what we need to do. Right? Realize again, what a great treasure. Yeah, because we can't stop talking about, you know, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. If our heart is full of Jesus, I, I think it will come out. So I don't want to tell you, go and share more. That's, that's not where it needs to start. It needs to start with, can we try and see more of Jesus? love him more and then we can share it <laughs> sometimes we just need to take time for these things I mean early October my wife and I we went you know for a staycation one night uh, because we met each other 20 years ago it was really nice but partly you know life is busy and you don't always have much time for your marriage and you're just what and actually we, we spend all this time together and we just reflected on the past 20 years and you know how the good times we had and how good God has been and all through it and that, that makes you again yeah this is wonderful what a gift what a treasure 
Well, let's do the same with Jesus, right? Let's take the time to read, to meditate, to pray, and again, see what a treasure he is. His grace, his love, his mercy, his power, his authority, and his, his death on the cross where he took this for you and how he gave you eternity. He gave you the right to be a son with him in the family. What a wonderful treasure. And so let's make that our prayer. Let's close our eyes and let me just pray that this would be true for us. Father, thank you for the incredible treasure that is Jesus. Thank you, most of all, that he died on the cross. He took all our sins, paid the price, and gave us an eternity with you. Father, we confess that we often set our hearts on other things that we think are more satisfying, that just press in on our lives, and we forget about the treasure we have. Please uh, change us, help us to spend time with you with your son Jesus and fall in love again or would he be the treasure of our lives that we want to share with everyone because he came yeah that's everyone could have eternal life Father please do that work in us this week in Jesus name Amen well the music team's going to come up and we're going to sing yeah a great song